Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fighting for Justice. I am JJ, along with my boys Dave and Josh. We are back with another episode, and today we have a special guest. She's going to be joining us a little bit later uh, after we, we knock out some of the little boring things. We got Dom Miller, who is the political consultant and organizer of council member Isaiah Thomas. You guys should be familiar with that name. If you're not, that means you ain't listening. So go back. We got an episode with council member Isaiah Thomas. Go listen to that. And his political consultant's going to be in with us in a little while, cutting up. But for right now, we got to talk about the news. So I'm going to throw it yes. over to Dave. We're going to talk about some news. <laughs> so back what, in the news. What you need to know. Yeah, what you need to know. What you and, need to uh, know news. Apparently, it's still going, what you need to know. So Justice Thomas, again, is in the news this week, which I just love talking about him. Uh, it's the same exact thing that we spoke about last time, right? His very uh, rich friend, Mr. Crow, we'll call him, since we already discussed his other gifts. Now we have a new report, which is beautiful, that his rich friend paid for his, I'm going to say this in quotes, hopefully you can see me, his nephew's. Uh, tuition to a very expensive private school, which again, he absolutely did not report. Um, because a couple other facts that I think are extremely important. The reason I say nephew in quotes, it seems as if he's had legal custody of this. Um, of his, I'm gonna call him his son, I'm done with the nephew of his son, right? About five years old. Because in the world that we live in, uh, as lawyers, once you have custody, full custody of someone, they're your child, no matter how you want to try to spin it to get out of this. Uh, what seems to be snowballing ethical quandary that you've been in. Um, so, you know, I'm going to throw it to you guys. At what point should we care? Does anybody care? Good, Josh. Yeah, I, I think everybody should care. I mean, this is, I, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a violation of the guidelines. Like it's, it's, and I know the Supreme court, they want to police themselves and they don't want to be subject to the same ethical standards that, the rest of the bench is, which is, I think is, is completely outrageous as well. But like, this is him deliberately skirting these, the, these reporting requirements on a technicality. Cause that's, that's what he, it, it, like he's his lawyers. This again, this is why everybody hates lawyers. They're going to come back and <laughs> they're going to come back and try to say, well, it wasn't his biological son. It was a, it was like more of a de facto son. So therefore he didn't have to report it because it wasn't his actual son, despite the fact that this kid, he raised this kid from from when he was five years old, put him I, like, I'm sure that if you ask people off the record, Justice Thomas would say, I, I think of him as a son, right? Like, and I'm sure I'm sure Ginny, when she's not bribing Republican congressmen, I'm sure she would say that it's <laughs> the same thing. I'm sure she would say, we thought of that young man as our son but because we found this loophole we don't have to like we're gonna get this other guy to pay for his tuition and we're just not gonna say anything about it cool and then i'm gonna try to reverse 200 years of judicial precedent the longer i stay on the bench <laughs> there's my spiel i can't I'm, I'm, this i hate it when people like this act act unethically if there's if there's nine people in the world in the entire world that i want to be above board and be 
beyond every possible ethical grab, it's these nine people that are on the Supreme Court. Right? And, and yes, and Come here's on. here's my thing though, but like the the problem is that we all know that human beings are flawed and nobody can be trusted. So like everybody needs checks and balances. The idea of our society is that there's like somebody supposed to be checking them so that but they keep saying, "Hey, look, we're good. We're just going to keep checking ourselves right it's kind of like yeah, internal that, affairs with police how do you that. think this is they watch themselves guys this is never going to work so in my opinion here's where we at since we seem to care more about barry bonds and steroids than we do supreme court judges you know taking millions of dollars like and these are just the ones we catching him on these ain't like, come on now. The, the, these are just the ones he was stupid enough not to follow like the rules. You are a judge and you need to follow the rules, dog. So if you don't follow the rules, why should any of us? That's a bad precedent to set. And since you are like the holy precedent setter, you can't, <laughs> you can't be like, you just can't. That's not, that's not allowed. And somebody got to do something, but I don't anticipate anybody's going to do anything. So Listen, he got away with it as far as I'm concerned, and he's laughing in our face about it. Yep. And I don't have anything to add because every time I talk, it's the same exact thing. For the love of God, investigate him. Bring all of them in front of Congress. Ask them questions, real questions. Don't hand them softballs. Don't let them lawyer his way out of it. That'll never happen. So, you know. Well, actually, I do have I do have one other thing to say about uh, what Josh said. Um, you know, this is why people don't like lawyers. I... I wish that we could change that narrative from you're right. People don't like lawyers to understanding that there are some lawyers who are willing to say anything. And when a lawyer is willing to say anything and they sound stupid, I'm okay with that. Like, come on here, <laughs> say stupid things so I can embarrass you and make sure that we taught you a lesson not to be stupid out loud again later. When we are just silent and let them keep saying stupid things over and over again, they don't learn any lessons. Like, you yeah. got to embarrass the dumb lawyer so that they stop and then only the good ones survive. I agree. Then, yeah. Then whoever defends Thomas and tries to make an argument that this wasn't his son, this was, this was actually, you know, this was his grandnephew, then let's, then let's get up in arms about that lawyer. Well, okay, but like, like, not even that lawyer, right? It's the argument that we need legal to, theory, to have that a, legal exact, theory. Yes, right? Because I have a stepfather. He has raised me since I was, I want to say 10, 11. I was just going to ask you. Legally, like, is I that your care. dad, bro? Hey, Jay, <laughs> is that your dad? Right. Like, legally, we, we understand when people put things in the law, there is what we call the spirit. What was it? What was it meant to protect? And clearly, Somebody who takes care of you from 10 until like consistently still now who outwardly portrays a father or a parent figure is kind of the same thing to me, Dave, like in, in um, not custody, but divorce. Right. How, what's what's the way the outside world sees you? And there is no argument that would stand the laugh test that any lawyer should be able to make that this is not his child. Make it if you want to, and I'm going to laugh in your face. Oh, someone's yeah. going to make it. <laughs> and, and I'm going to laugh in their face. Here's Good, all so I'll say. <laughs> I'll give you a hypothetical. But that doesn't get him off the bench. Here's no, the funny thing. No, it doesn't. If he it makes doesn't. that argument, 
If he makes that argument, here's what you can do in the future then. I'm going to give some future Supreme Court justices some tips on how to get around all your reporting rules. Ready? So if you don't don't want to be caught on what he's being caught, right? If if his excuse flies is what I'm saying. Not my son, not biological, whatever. Great. Here's what all Supreme Court justices should do in the future. Emancipate your children immediately, right? As soon as you know you're going to be on the bench emancipate them and then have all your rich friends pay for all their shit because technically you don't have to pay for it. I mean, report it, right? There you go. It's a loophole. That's what he's trying to say. It's not my son. Uh, Well, then everyone following him could just go, that's not my daughter. It's not my son. Legally, they're emancipated. I don't care if Bill Gates paid for their house and their yacht. I don't have to report it. They're not my son. So they're all futures. I don't know that kid. Exactly. That's what I say at the trampoline park. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know who right. it is. Let's, let's, let's jump on. Uh, so the next one, I'm sure everyone has kind of seen uh, the video. If not, right, uh, we're not going to play it because we're not in the habit of just perpetuating endless violence on people, including majority black people, because it seems to be the only videos that seem to get out there. But Jordan Neely, um, I forget his age. Doesn't matter. He was on the subway in New York. Uh, He's a homeless uh, actor. And sorry, he's 30 years old. um, And he's a Michael Jackson impersonator. Uh, You know, there's a lot of videos on Twitter showing kind of who he was, what he did. Um, You know, I will say based on the video and based on a lot of the facts that are coming out, he had some mental health issues. Right. Um, But what the video portrays is essentially he's on the subway and we have a man um, who turns out to be a Marine that we do know, um, have, he puts him in a chokehold. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Veteran. So former Marine, but essentially, um, puts him in a chokehold and restrains him for allegedly what we hear is, you know, he was running up and down the train car, uh, acting aggressively saying he's hungry, saying he doesn't care about anything. Um, and with an ultimate result of he is now dead. Right. Um, so really the question's, I guess I have one, should that veteran be prosecuted right now might be hard to answer because we, I don't know that we have all the facts, but just give me your general thoughts. I'll start with you, JJ, since Josh took the last one first. I, um, quick answer. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Like just absolutely. Right. So we're going to put the link down so you guys can view it if you want to. Right. Otherwise just listen to us and we'll, you know, we, we've already kind of given you, what it what it shows um i advise a lot of people before you get up in arms about things and i understand that these kinds of situations are very uh emotional so before you want to make a decision though you need to you need to actually see what's happening so i did watch this video and i would say that as a like untrained person as a civilian you need to understand that the moment you step in to interfere in any way, we are going to hold you to a very high standard. And the fact of the matter is that he was a, uh, a veteran. So he was trained. He should have known some things. And then the fact that the man was alive before you touched him and now he's dead. And the, 
the ruling of death has been ruled uh, asphyxiation of a homicide. So we already know that the coroner has said he was killed. We know who killed him. And the only question is, does he have some kind of justification for his actions? And that's a question for the jury. And as a defense attorney, I am told on a consistent basis that we don't really care about your justification. We're going to try him. So now that he has snuffed out somebody on the train station, like in like in broad daylight in front of everybody. Yeah. Try him. And let's listen to his side of why he thought it was okay to choke somebody to death. I agree. I think he, I think he will be charged. I don't know if he'll be charged with first degree murder, but I mean, I think he'll be charged. I, I, I think now that the video has been released to the public, I don't really see, and, and we know what the coroner has said. I don't really see how the, the, is it, where was this? Is this in Manhattan? Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's in here. Okay. So not only they got, th- they got the Trump case and they got this going on. That's another, Oh no, that's the Bronx DA, isn't it? That has the, that has the Trump case. No, no. Manhattan, Manhattan DA. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yep. All right. Yep. So they got yep. this yep. and yeah. So, um, I don't know what the, I don't know. We obviously don't know all the facts and we learned from Ryan last week. You don't, you don't make judgments based on, um, situations where you don't have all the facts, but I don't know what this guy's defense would be. I don't know what his legal defense would be. I, I yeah. w- w- like it, he can't argue self-defense. I, so, Mm-mm. I mean, unless this guy pulled a weapon, um, or was like physically attacking him or somebody, uh, somebody else, I don't see, you can't just, you can't just put a dude in a chokehold and not release him until he, he, he defecates and passes away. Right. I, I think I, that I don't, his, I don't, his defense is going to have to be, in my opinion, some form of like imperfect self-defense of others. Because it, it, I doubt he's going to be able to claim that like he was in fear for his life. He's going to have to claim that he was trying to act for the like to protect the other people on the train, which he's going to have a really, really like he's, yeah, he's not going to be able dude, to do that. that legally, that's a, in my that's a loser. That's but a loser. it's the only thing he could say. He like I, it, I, Yeah, I, that's what I mean. I think his lawyers have a tough <laughs> job. They're going to have a really tough job on this because I don't know. I don't I think this is a I think this is a, a lot of this case is like the poster child for like the behind the scenes, like wheel and dealing with the prosecutor, like not doing anything in public. Like if the, if the attorneys are smart, like this yeah. is going to be one where they tried to, they, they, they start trying to line up some kind of a plea right away, like mm-hmm. right away. Um, and now and, I'm going to give you my two cents. Ready? Because yeah. here's what I know. I don't, and I'm going to have to put some money in the curse jar for this. And I already apologize in advance <laughs> because Here's what I know. I don't want to live in a fucking country where everybody else on that train stood there and watched a guy kill someone. Right? Dude, jump in. Be a human being. Like what I everybody said you stood there and recorded him killing a guy. This is the second time we fucking saw it and I'm sick of it, right? I'm sick of it. Like I don't understand. You were there. You saw what happened. At some point grab the marine and say, "Bro, the dude's passed out." He can't do anything I, like, but no, everyone in this country, nobody ever has any balls. We always get up in arms after the fact. I'm mad at the people on the fucking train. Fucking do something. Don't let someone get killed in front of you. I mean, I guess I'm in the minority on that. That's my rant. Like the, the Marine. Yes, he's going to be charged. And if he's not, then the DA's got some problems because you charge Trump on some shit that I'm not even sure is real. You have a video of someone getting murdered. It's already been a week. 
dude, it's a week since you didn't charge him already. What other evidence do you need? You charge him and you tell us the same shit. Figure it out after the fact because you know he killed him. You know he killed him. You know he killed him because we watched it. So you know, that's my rant and I'm done. There we go. Thanks. No, you're not done. I'm pulling you in. I'm pulling you in now. You said a lot of things. So like what? here's my thing. How come when it hits like the media, all of a sudden the Commonwealth wants to like dot their I's, cross their T's. When it's a big case, they want to <laughs> investigate some stuff. But like, if it is, if it involves just like random poor people, they're like, let's just arrest them now and figure it out as we go along. Yeah. Like guys, what other, listen, I know I, I don't want to jump to conclusions or say he's guilty or say he doesn't have a defense, yeah, but you never do that. Yeah. Do we, but do we know he killed him? Because we have a coroner right. report and a video. That's weird because it's homicide, right? Now, the only time that we see someone not get charged is when they're deciding, was this self-defense, which rarely happens. It re Like, they usually, they, they say that shit's for the jury. If you think that you have self-defense, then argue it to them because we don't believe it. So, listen, charge the guy. It's been a week. But, you know, based on Trump, it took seven years to indict him. So, I don't know. You know, yeah, you got a good track record in New York already. So, you know, maybe yeah. you'll wait three years and then talk about statute limitations and how, whatever, just whatever. I, I did actually want to push back, though, because, like, that's interesting to to say that the passerby, you know, the people who are watching. Right. So legally, we know that you do not have a oh, legal obligation oh, to jump in to stop anybody. Right. If somebody is if you and I started fighting in, in the middle of Times Square, nobody outside of really the police have to really do anything about it. You're right. So with that being said, how Josh, how do you feel as like, listen, this thing breaks out and especially in today's world where you kind of feel like everybody's got a gun, everybody's carrying, you know, a firearm, or at least that's I feel the the idea that people are pushing. What do you think about putting a standard as like, yo, if people are killing somebody in front of you, you got to step in, you got to say something. I don't know. I think you run a that's really pushing it down a slippery slope is if you start requiring people to take action in a situation like that. I mean, I think it's pretty egregious what like someone actually, if like, I think if you stand there and you film somebody die like that and you don't act in any way um, and then you put it out on social media for financial purposes, which is what, I mean, I, I'm sure this, whoever shot that has been paid a shit ton of money already by the news outlets. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're profiting like that financially in that kind of a situation over taking taking physical action to stop the murder, I think you should be subject to like some kind of civil penalty, like from the dead person's like from the like now I don't know if this person had any family. Right. But mm -hmm. if you if you're like if your family members like if I, if I watched a family, if, if put it this way, if I if a family member of mine died and somebody videotaped it and didn't stop it, but videotaped it and then gave it to all the news outlets for tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it caused me like emotional distress because of that. I think that person is sub, I think that person's liable for my, for the family and my emotional distress because you profited off. If I can prove you profited off of it as well, mm. I think I can get, I think I can come after some of that money. That's my problem. I mean, that's where I don't think you can criminally, I don't think you can hold people criminally responsible for not acting in a situation like that, but shit, I'll try to hold them civilly responsible. Yeah, give that's me a good, that's a that's Exa a good point. That's a good point. You know? But like, we got to also remember the whole reason we're here is because somebody intervened when they probably shouldn't have. 
So like, Correct. we probably shouldn't be putting more people You're talking about the dude that killed to him? intervene. Yeah. Like the whole, like yeah. he was just walking up and down the train and then this dude intervened when he probably should have minded his business. Like wow, he yeah. wasn't actually doing anything. This dude turned it into a bigger threat because he's not, in my opinion, from what we've seen so far, it sounds like he just wasn't equipped to handle uh, somebody's mental health situation. He overreacted to a situation and now we have this. So then it's going to become like you were talking about a slippery slope to allow others now to try and stop this Marine. And yeah. now he's Batman beating everybody up in the, yeah. freaking, uh, then you got to hold them all. Like, yeah. And then, and then you've got to like a, you've got a brawl on a train. Like I don't exactly that, that that's a public health problem or a public health issue. Yeah, but look, I, I, I see that going both, real bad. Both of you answer me this question, right? So what is more sociopathic? Filming somebody, killing somebody else, and then with with basically no remorse at all, and then selling it, selling the footage, or or suffolk, or basically putting someone in a chokehold and killing them, doing the mm. act. You think Probably the act? Yeah. Absolutely. Like the yeah. the guy, like the person who recorded. In my opinion, I'm not mad at it. Like, listen, because to me, if you actually record the entire event, right, I you are that video is going to be the best witness for the Commonwealth. The fact that that video is now worth money. Listen, that's just a circumstance that is not his fault, right? Like that is the fact that it is a commodity. It, he just happened to be there. The fact that he recorded it. I don't like, I'm not going to blame that on him. And the fact that other people are like, Hey, for that video that you have, here's some money because it has value. I'm also not going to blame that on him. He didn't do anything. This is the problem with the law, but I actually think the law is right here. We have some terrible people who we live with, and if this dude was bold enough to strangle someone, he should be bold enough to stand up and tell us why he did it. That's what the trial will be for. He will probably lose, and he probably will go to jail for life or for what is the majority of his life, which yep, and he intervened, and this is what you get. F around and find out. He about to find out. Yep. Yeah, I don't think. Thing, I, go, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. I'm going to end it. I, so you just keep going. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I just, I, I guess I'm more of a, I'm just really cynical when it comes to this stuff. I, th when that person's recording that, I, I just think he's, it's just dollar. It's just a cash register going off in his head. That's how I think yeah. people, that's but how I think most people think. They're not thinking about evidence in a criminal case, dude. They're not thinking like no, that. No, I, I don't. I don't think they, they are. But the, but there's no way he thought, hey, he's going to choke gonna him kill. to death. There's no way he thought that, oh, and there's no way he yeah. would have thought, and I'm going to get but, paid for this. No, he probably was thinking, hey, look at this fight. Maybe I'll put it up and some people will laugh at it or, or like, this is crazy. But yeah. there's no way he was recording that in my mind with the – he didn't even know what the Marine was going to do, so I can't punish him for what the Marine did. I agree. I mean, I guess the point of what I was saying, one, there can't ever be a law that we have to force people to intervene, right, because you're forcing right. somebody to put their own lives in danger. Mm -hmm. All I'm asking, I guess, is this, is this really the country that we all want to live in? Because here's what I always hear, right? Someone breaks in my front door, I'm going to shoot them. I got guns. <laughs> I need one to protect myself. Guns and guns. Okay, cool. But when you see Caldega. somebody actually getting killed, when you see somebody being harmed, you stand there and just go, whoa, oh shit. Oh boy. <laughs> I only want to protect myself, not other people. And like, to me, we heard it in the George Floyd case, right? Where the one guy was talking about 
how he was a UFC fighter. And all he was thinking is he wanted to basically kick the cop's ass. Right now, that's a right. different story because, listen, attacking a cop, he knew the right. consequences. Right. And he knew yeah. the downside of that. This is just some dude choking a guy for 15 minutes. You don't have to be a fighting expert to understand that if you can't breathe or you're passed out for 15 minutes, it's not going to be good, right? Now, I'm not saying I would have jumped in. I'm hoping that I would have, right? But I'm just so sick of people being complacent. Like, I, you look around, you see them, and they're watching it. And then what? They went home and went, oh, my God, he died. I hope you, would you feel have recorded bad. It? Would you have recorded no, it? No, I've never recorded okay. anything in my life. Right. I'd stand there. I hope I at least would be screaming. You know what I mean? Like, that, I don't know yeah, what I would like, do. I, yeah. I'm not sure what I would do either, but I believe that at least my voice would be heard. Like I would be saying something. Yeah, I, and I it's might not like do anything because I don't like, I don't trust people, but the thing that I bothers actually, me, guys, I would be thinking, remember everything that's happening so that you can tell. Cause I do think that way. I know what's coming after this. So I would be ready for it. And the last thing that I'll say on this is, you know, realistically, the problem I have is this guy was what annoying them. Do you know what I right, mean? He was being right. too loud. Right. And it's almost like if I had to guess, and I, again, I don't want to speculate, but it's almost like everybody was happy. Like, well, at least the crazy guy is shut up now. Yeah. Now he's dead. So I'm right. sorry. You couldn't hear your music on the subway or your audio book. So good job, man. Right. So anyway, apparently he's a really good dancer. There? No, he, dude, I've seen the videos, man. I would have been is, like, do some Michael Jackson shit. Stop. He is Sorry. legit. Like, he's legit Michael Jackson. It's crazy. I've seen the videos on Twitter. Like, he sounds like him. He dances like him. So, like, you know, whatever. I mean, here's, 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 let's wrap it like this. Here's how I'll wrap it. Uh, the last thing I'll say on the thing is that be very careful before you intervene, how you intervene with people. You don't know who they are, what they've gone through. So if you decide, I'm telling you, this is free legal advice. If you decide to put your hands on another human being, if they die, you probably go into jail. So don't touch people. There is an episode we call keep your hands to yourself. Go watch that <laughs> and it'll keep you out of jail. I promise. All right. Now for our favorite time of the day, we're going to throw it on over to Josh for our, uh, Tabay's PI corner because I know he's got some stuff to share with you guys and a little more knowledge to spread around. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, I was actually I want to tell you guys I'm 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 really proud of you because I had the, <laughs> you guys I asked you both to to bring in as your homework assignment what we we're going to talk about today. I wanted you both to bring in your your policy like your declaration pages for your auto insurance policies um to see what kind of coverage you had and, and i was gonna i was anticipating being like <laughs> this is terrible you guys like you guys got to fix this immediately like you're you're, you're walking liabilities and blah, 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 blah. but then i remembered that i've been working with you guys for a while and what i've been telling you about your policies has has started to sink in and i and it, i can see it on your like I, so you guys have like identical options on your policies. Um, JJ has all state two cars. Dave has oh, the, the guy, biggest difference between me and cars. Dave. You can see physically besides that. <laughs> see the same. Yeah, good. Now I'm, 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 I'm learning that. So what we need to do is have people like, I think we should just like every guest that comes on, we should just have them bring their, their deck page. So I can be like, <laughs> you know, someone that doesn't work with a personal injury lawyer like every day and been like, you know, to say like what you're not doing to, to have yourself protected. But you guys, um, you guys both have 
$100,000 slash $300,000 limits for liability. So that means that's well, well, well above the state legal, this, the low in the state, the low, the minimum in the state is 15,000. So you guys have protected yourself. If, you know, again, God forbid, a, an unfortunate incident occurred where you were driving and you were in an accident that was deemed to be your fault. And the other dry and the other motorist was actually, you know, pretty severely injured. So your insurance company, JJ, your Allstate, Dave, your Geico, would be able to pay out that other driver anywhere up to anywhere up to and including a hundred thousand dollars to settle any potential claims against the two of you, which is smart because you're protecting yourself in a situation where, you know, if you won't, if you have the state minimum, like fifteen thousand dollars, and you are in an accident where someone else has suffered serious injuries, they may say, you know what. Go pound sand with your fifteen thousand. I'm coming after your house. I'm coming after your cars. I'm coming mm-hmm. after every you know whatever I can prove that you have some kind of ownership interest in. I'm coming after all that stuff because you know I've got a permanent injury now because of you. Whereas the hundred thousand dollars now you're talking more of a situation where it, it's going to be very very rare where someone is going to say is going to not obviously is going to reject a hundred thousand dollar offer and, and move forward in a situation. Um, you know, involving an accident with the two of you. So the, I, I have a hundred thousand on my policy. I can tell you guys that I have, I, I recommend people to carry a hundred thousand. I really don't think there's any need. You can carry up to a million, um, you know, some, and some people, when they have young drivers on their policies, they'll, they'll, they'll put it up a little higher just to protect their fam, you know, to protect the family. Cause as we all know, people when they're 16 can't drive. So no, you can say kids people, are stupid. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. So I, I can guarantee the insurance knows it. That's why they charge you like a thousand dollars a month. If they're 16, mm-hmm. like they're like, yeah, give us all your money. Yeah. Despite the fact that your kid goes to like eight driver's ed schools and all this other stuff. Yeah. They still, <laughs> they still crush you with it. Like, but what I can tell you, like when my daughter, when my daughter starts driving, like I'm putting, I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling state farm and being like, yo, we got a new terror on the wheel, on the road now. And I need to, you know, I need to put the policy up a little bit in case God forbid. <laughs> so, um, do you guys have any questions on that? You both followed my advice that your bodily injury limits are a hundred thousand, 300,000. So I, I will also say, so if again, in a situation where you inj- more than one person is injured in the accident, you would have up to $300,000 for like, if two or three people were injured. Um, Josh, let me just ask mm-hmm. you quick. Cause a lot of people don't actually know what, what is your declaration page, right? How do you get it if you need it? How do you need yeah. it? How can you find this to check it? And we'll swing. I was going to thank you. I was going to swing back on that at the end, but thank you for, I'll just, so oh, your yeah, auto no declar- your, your auto declarations page is a, a, a listing of all the policy options that you currently have on your active insurance policy. A lot, like if you have one of the big carriers, Allstate, State Farm, Geico, I know you guys got your deck pages really easy. A lot of them have a lot of them have an online system where you can go and just it's like three clicks. You can download it, print it out, or whatever you want to do. Um, the other a lot of some of the smaller carriers you need to call, but a lot of them have personal like a lot of them have like little tiny offices where you can call. You always get somebody on the phone and just say, "Hey, I need a copy of my um, of my uh, my it's called my do- my declarations policy page." And they'll pull it up and they'll fax it or email it to you right away. So it's very, very simple to get. But these are but these are numbers that everybody needs to be you should be aware of all the time. Like you've got to be aware, you've got to be constantly looking back and reevaluating your your auto policy, depending on what's going on with your with your family, especially. Mm-hmm. So 
The other thing that you guys have um, that I was also really, really proud of you all, we've, we've, we've covered it to death on this podcast, so we won't get back. I want to do, I want to do a whole thing, but you're both full tort. Um, and you may have Absolutely. both been full tort. You may have both been full tort when I started working with you. Maybe not, but I'm pretty I sure. Was. Yeah. I don't think JJ I'm pretty, was. I don't, I don't think I was. I think, I, I think I was limited. Yeah. To were it. you a limited tort? Seriously? I think I was. I think yeah, he was. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I remember us like the argument and you were like, you're effing fool. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then we, we went through all this and then I had to call the switch. Right. So I think within the first week of me working with you, you had switched to, lim- you had switched to full tour, which is, which is obviously what we want to have. Um, you guys know, you guys know the reasons we beat them to death on this podcast. You got to have mm-hmm. full tour. You got to have full tour to make sure you're completely protected against any type of injury against any other motorist. Obviously, if, if you're limited to it, it's very, very, very strict policy language that you have to overcome to be able to make a claim. So you guys are both full tort. You both have the other thing that the other one of the other key things that you guys both have, but JJ has to fix his. But it's you always, have it's always something. Yeah. So you guys both have a hundred thousand dollar limits for underinsured and underinsured motorist coverage. So what that does is it covers you in if in an unfortunate situation where you're in an accident with someone that either doesn't have does has no insurance at all, and you can show that you can then open a claim with your carrier and you, your carrier would cover you up to $100,000 for pain and suffering. Or the person has, like we talked about earlier, like has maybe has the state minimum, has $15,000 in coverage. If you first, if you successfully get the $15,000, if you settle with the other driver for the full $15,000, and you obviously, you'll have proof that you did that, you can then submit that proof to your insurance company and they'll open an, an underinsured motorist claim depending on the level of your injuries. So again, this is all stuff that we would do for you uh, as you as your attorneys for anybody listening, if God forbid the situation occurs. But you want to have adequate protection against uninsured drivers. They're all over the place. They're like I think it's one in seven in Pennsylvania is uninsured right now. It's crazy if you think about it, huh. especially in the more especially in the more you know metropolitan metropolitan areas. Number two, it's like. It's it's a staggering percentage. I think it's over twenty percent, maybe even close to twenty five percent of drivers have the minimum, have fifteen thousand, right? So that's all that's there. If you don't have any insurance of your own, and you're in an accident where you're 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 disabled or you're you're laid up for a long time or you miss a ton of work or something, that fifteen thousand dollars has to cover you for life. You know, like and it's just and it's not going to, as we all know. So. And your other recourse would be to, you know, to try to sue this person. Um, but I mean, if they're driving around with the state minimums, very likely they don't have much. I mean, you could get a $10 billion judgment against them, but guess what? That's just a piece of paper. Like, yep. you, you know, you can't actually get the money from that. So we want to make sure that our clients always carry, you know, the highest levels of protection they can. A hundred thousand is, is, I think is, is the perfect amount considering how much it costs to on your policy to, now to also carry a hundred thousand because if the insurance company says, Oh, you want to carry more coverage? Well, guess what? We got to put your rates up, but here's what you can do though. If you have more than one vehicle insured on your policy, you can do what's called stacking. So you can stack one vehicle on top of the other. So in Dave's case, Dave has a hundred thousand on two cars. He has a hundred thousand underinsured or uninsured motorist coverage on two vehicles. So if Dave is in an accident where the other driver either does not have insurance 
or the other driver has the state minimum and Dave collects the state minimum, he can then go to his own insurance company and stack up those policies, right? So he's got 200,000 yeah. available to him, <laughs> right? Because he can go after each car he has. So he can go after the 100 from, from one car and 100 from the other. You always want to stack your policies. Now, again, it costs more. It costs a little bit more. But Dave just doubled his amount of money he has available for like two bucks a month. Right? JJ, That's, right. That's where I messed up. That's right. Yeah, because I, so, I got two cars too. Yep. So you got, JJ, you got two cars. There's no reason you shouldn't have them stacked. Right? It's you should have told me extra. this long ago. Why did it take you so All long right. to tell me this? <laughs> JJ's first call today, once we're done recording, is to call and yell at his Allstate broker. Um, yes, after oh, I'm done yelling at you. Oh, yeah. So you need to get that. That was That's the thing that stood out to me, JJ, that you got to get fixed. And again, anybody listening. I'm going to text him right now. So I don't if, you're, if you're paying to insure more than one vehicle, it just, it, it's, it, makes, it, just, it makes so much sense to do it for the extra couple bucks that you're paying. Right. So Dave has Dave and JJ basically have identical policies, but because Dave is paying another couple bucks a month for stacking, he has again, he has twice the amount of money to potentially in his pot, we'll call it, than 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 JJ does. Very easy fix. But that's Not the other long, thing that's fixing that. All right. <laughs> Do that. And then the other thing you guys both have was um you both have the the state minimum of $500,000 in medical coverage. If you're in an accident, again, Pennsylvania is a no-fault state, meaning your insurance company pays for your medical care, not the other drivers. So you guys have $5,000 to cover you in case you're in an accident. I always tell people 10, but most people can get through. In most situations, you, you can get through with five, particularly if you have your own personal health coverage that would then kick in after the 5,000 is gone. You know, I, I, five is adequate. Five is also the state minimum. It's a requirement that you carry at least five. Um, you can carry up to a hundred thousand. I, I just don't think it, it's not worth. That's the one situation where I don't think it's worth paying the extra money on your premium to carry that much extra coverage. And because because the, the situation, I mean, unless you are again, unless you're dealing with a situation where you're hospitalized for months, um, you're never gonna you're never gonna you're never gonna get you're never gonna burn through a hundred thousand dollars in personal injury protection. You're just not, you're just never going to do it. So it, it's not worth paying that extra money. That extra money should be used to pay for stacking JJ or <laughs> to convert from limited tort to full tort or to up your, up your liability coverage from like 15 to a hundred or like the exact same thing you guys did. So again, I feel like a proud father. You guys, <laughs> you listened, you did things the right way. You've protected yourself, and uh, you guys have questions. JJ's fixing his policy right now, so he might not. But yeah, like, I'm looking. I'm looking for his number. <laughs> I forget what I saved him under. Is the yeah. problem? What yeah, questions yeah, do good, you got? Good, good. I have no questions. Uh, I good. That means I. Ex to... That means I explained it correctly. Nah, absolutely. No, you, yeah. No, I, I think you did a really good job explaining yeah. it. The other thing I will say, you guys both don't have this, and me. But if you are a, if you are a nine to five you know, W not, or excuse me, W2 employee who's working a, a, an hourly or even if you're salary, but if you're working an hourly wage, you want to make sure that you have some kind of income loss protection on your policy as well. doesn't apply to, to, to us in our field as, as, as much, but if you are, I mean, if you're working like construction or you're working something where, and you get hurt and you're out for like three weeks and you don't get, I mean, and there's no income coming in, 
that can be a huge problem, right? So mm -hmm. you want to be able to go, you you can purchase wage loss protection through your policy where, you know, you would need a doctor to, to officially, you know, to say no work for three weeks, no work for a month. But you, if you get that note from the doctor, you can then send that over to your insurance company and they'll pay you out weekly, monthly, whatever, whatever, up to whatever limits that you have. So depending on your line of work, it's a very, very, it's worth the money depending on what you do for a living. I, and we I have a, say, oh, yeah, go ahead, go I'm ahead. sorry. Okay. I, I did want to say one thing that, uh, you kind of reminded me that I want our followers to understand is that when you're dealing with these kinds of cases, personal insurance case, or a personal injury, rather cases, you want to be suing the insurance companies because they have the money. You don't want to have to sue the person because nine times out of 10, they don't have the money. And the best way that I think Josh uh, is trying to say the best way to make sure that you can be suing the insurance company is to make sure that you protect yourself and that your insurance covers for you and in case they don't have it. A lot of people are afraid to use their own insurance because they're like, hey, I didn't cause this. And when I'm injured, I don't want to use my personal insurance. I don't want my rates to go up. What do you say to that person, Josh? Like, they pay all the premiums, they need the insurance, but because they're afraid of like their rates going up, they don't want to use it. Well, I, first of all, I tell them that there's, they, they really don't have any other choice, right? So if, if you want to collect on a personal injury claim, or you want to go after another driver for a bodily injury, uh, you really don't have any choice, but to, but to run it, it has to go through the insurance companies, right? So the only way that you, you, they have to be made aware one way or the other. If you are in an accident that is not your fault, um, your insurance company is not like your rates are not supposed to increase, right? So, but we all know that they do, and they find back they find back alleys to do that. But if you're in, a, I always tell people if you're if you're in an accident, and if if I'm representing you, and and we we conclude your case, and like you get your next bill or you get another premium, and they've raised your rates. Like you need to let me know right away because we would import, we report that stuff to the insurance commissioner of Pennsylvania, like, because that's not, that's too coincidental, right? For the, for you to settle a bodily injury claim and then, oh, the next, the next pay peer, pay cycle, your rate has gone up for, for no identifiable reason. Um, we need to know about that. Like, that's not something that they're supposed to be like now, if you're out there just banging all into other cars all the time. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm little bit different. Like then, then they are going to jack your rates up and they're completely justified to do it. Or if you have a DUI or your insurance, you know, your daughter is 16 and is learning to drive and keeps hitting people like that. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to be really hard to insure at that point. But if you're in an accident that is, that again, that is not your fault and you open a BI claim or a bodily injury claim, you, it should have zero effect on your rates. So that's, I mean, that's how I try to explain it to them. If they, if after that point, they still don't want to do it, then you know, you can only, you can't, what is it? You can lead a horse to water, right? But that's it. So, yeah. <clears throat> All, right. All right. Well, there you go, guys. There's another segment of Josh's PI corner. And hopefully you learned something. And if not, call us so we can teach you, right? You, yeah. If you didn't, don't, if you didn't understand it, give us a call. Don't try to do this alone. Yeah. Do not try to do it alone. That's what the insurance companies want you to do. If you're in an accident and you're injured, they don't want you to hire a lawyer. They want you to try to navigate all this crap by yourself because they know if once you try to do that, you're at their mercy. You're at their Absolutely. mercy at that point. So, 
All right, right, guys. So I know Josh has to leave us because it's a Friday and he's always playing super dead. So he's got to go home and play defense again like usual. So we're going to let him him go. And then we're also at the same time going to bring in our featured guest of the day, Dom. So, Josh, you have a good day and we'll get Dom on here in two seconds. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. All right. See you, Josh. I was. I'm just joking. I I told y'all we had the guest Dom Miller (laughs) coming on. Dom has got us laughing already, guys. She is hilarious. (laughs) But welcome, Dom. Welcome, Dom Miller, to our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Justice. She is the political consultant and organizer for Council Member Isaiah Thomas. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys, so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. I, I honestly think that. You guys, as PF is my favorite non-cheesy way for changing it. Because sometimes I hate when people do the PF for Philly. But no, I like the way y'all do it. So I'm definitely happy to be here. So thank y'all for having me so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. So, Dom, uh, I kind of just want to leave this right open. Like, is there anything important that, that right now you guys are – tell us what you what you guys are doing. I know this is an important time for Isaiah. I know it's an important time for you guys. So – let us know. No, no, it's definitely, it's definitely, I think it's an important time for the entire city right now, um, but it's definitely an important time for our office. Um, so I'm actually the chief of staff for the council member Thomas, but that'll be the first and only time I'll say that because the city will be right at your girl. So we'll just keep going with political, <laughs> political director. Um, yes, we'll, we'll keep it right at the top there. Um, but no, we, it's, it's really important time for us. So I'm excited to be here to talk about, you know, what we have going on with our office. Um, first and foremost, uh, election day is like in a week. So everybody in the political sector right now is losing their freaking minds. Everybody else in the world is like, what's going on? But people who work in politics right now in Philadelphia are losing their minds because we not only have an aggressive mayor's race going on right now, but we have a very wide open city council race. And that is the race that my boss, Isaiah Thomas, is in. Push number 79. I'm not sure when this is going to drop. It may not matter, but I'm still going to plug. Um, we have that coming <laughs> out. Yeah, we have. So, so he's running right now. Um, for his second term i was actually his campaign manager the first time around and i actually had to let the reins go this time and he has another campaign manager um who is leading the fight um i still have my hands you know i'm I'm a little bit like one of those like aggressive helicopter moms like is everything okay over there like because you ain't really you ain't really let the reins go you ain't really let the reins go (laughs) but listen it's it's our livelihoods i I would look at this girl like this is half a million dollars worth of salary you cannot mess this up but no but i have an we have an incredible team and um it's definitely been a a wild fight i'm not gonna lie but you know i think we have a really good chance the councilman has had an incredible three years i know i'm a little bit biased um he's passed some incredible legislation i know he's been on the show prior and talked about some of the work that he's done like the driving equality legislation um, but, you know, I, I want to talk about the things that are like kind of like the fun stuff, because that's the stuff that I focus on. So, you know, the councilman also worked a lot in the arts and culture space. Um, and we put on an amazing event called Arts and Culture Recovery Week. Um, he's the only council member that ever helped support and put on a drag show. Um, it was probably one of the Ooh. only biggest drag shows in the city of Philadelphia at that time. Um, it was a recovery effort for COVID. And, you know, me and my team helped lead that for the council member. Um, and that's the kind of ideas that the councilman brings here. I know, um, Dave, when you were in the office, you saw our PHL gaming poster. So that's mm-hmm. another piece of something that the councilman has brought to the city, right? It's it's like, you know, our part is really to legislate, right? Legislate in the budget. Like, that's what council people do. But, you know, another part of that is really figuring out ways to brand our city. So because that way we can actually bring revenue to our city, right? So, you know, we brought PHL gaming with the hope of, 
really making Philadelphia a gaming city because that's a major economy that, you know, that we really need to dive into. We're talking about billions of dollars. And and I'm not a gamer, okay? He came to me and was like, Dom, like, I want to do a gaming event. I learned about how much money these gamers make. So <laughs> I, I really want to... Wait, am I on a chat? Did I mess it up? No, 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 I was, was pointing to... You. I'm I'm literally just laughing because I'm sitting here next to all my gaming equipment, and that's what I was pointing oh, at okay. in the background see, while you're talking. I, but about see, but that's how you can see I'm not really a gamer, so I didn't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> that's great. I'm I'm happy, but like, so but I, it made me learn more about the industry. So I'm like watching documentaries about like you know World of you know World of Warcraft champion tournaments, and there's billions of people, and you know these kids are making like a million dollars a year off of playing video games, and I'm just like okay, we got to get into this. Like, I think, mm-hmm. and, and it made me really excited about it. Um, and I had an incredible partner with this event. His name is Nicodemus, and he runs a company called Jump Button Studios. Definitely check out Jump Button Studios. It is the only Black-owned gaming studio in the city of Philadelphia that is has, like, over a million-dollar valuation. Like, he's working with Disney. We're talking about the big girls. So, so you, you know, so you saying you can get him on our podcast? That's what you're saying? Oh, yes. Nico, <laughs> y'all need to talk to Nico. Like, he is, he's really the one. Like, he is, he's my, I call him my gaming guru. Because whenever I have questions about this, I'll just, like, ping it to him. I'm just, like, I'm operations, and he's really the face of the gaming side. So, but no, he's he's been an incredible partner, and it's just really about like supporting more creatives like himself to get involved in the gaming space and really kind of close that gap to show young people that this is a pathway for you, um, and that you can do more with this, right? Or you could take this and take it into STEM, or you know, and Philly could be the place that we could start that. So you know, these are the types of ideas that the councilman has been working on in the past four years. So we just want to keep that going, want to keep that momentum going, and that's why you know, in a couple of weeks, not a couple of weeks, a couple of days at this point, May sixteenth, it's really important. Like we have a really important election coming up, and you know, fingers crossed. I'm not, we're not taking anything for granted. We're still fighting, but you know, I think I think he's done some incredible work for sure. Absolutely. And not to cut anybody off, but get out there and vote and vote for Isaiah Thomas, um, fully endorsed by this podcast. I'm not ashamed to throw that around. I'm not throwing it around lightly. He's done great work. Anybody listening, you have to go out and you have to vote for him. Listen, I appreciate that plug for sure. But no, that I mean, I think that's really like, that's the work side that we have going on. Um, a little bit about myself. I am a podcaster myself. I'm actually going to be launching my podcast this coming fall. I'm I'm going to come back on here and tell you guys all about it if if you guys will let me. But you know, I think that Anytime. podcasting is highly is is my favorite. It's like one of my favorite side creatives. I think that I listen to podcasts more than I probably listen to music at this point. I have like a myriad of shows, and I'm like, have you guys seen this one or heard this one? And I think <laughs> it's such an art. It's such an art form, right? Like conversation like really just having like really dope conversation and hearing the way people have that kind of to the chat and that is a talent so you know I, I do love that and a pod, I am a podcaster um, at heart as well um, I'm a political um, organizer you know that's what JJ said in my introduction um, before working <laughs> for the council member I was um, I was a, a fundraiser like that was really my that was really my my space um, I worked with members like Larry Krasner I worked with many members of the state delegation kind of had a, a lot of random jobs before I got with the council member and had a lot of really awesome experiences and um, also have trained women to run for office. So that's something, another passion of mine. I worked um, with an organization called She Can Win for a while, training women across the state to run for office. Um, and that was a really incredible time as well. So, you know, that's just a little bit about myself. I just kind of wanted to share some more. Um, I can kind of share my handles and whatnot if you guys want to know more about me, but I'm just excited to, to be here and chat with you guys. You know, I think this is, this will be a fun conversation. 
Of course. Thank you very much. And I actually have a question because we always love to educate the viewers, you know, um, kind of, can you describe just for the viewers and especially if they're younger, just listening, you know, what did it take for you to kind of get into your space, right? What'd you go to school for? You know, did you have any kind of internships that brought you? You're like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Or did you always know, right? And you were kind of like, this is the space I'm going to be in. No, um, th that's actually a really good question. Whenever I tell people my how I got into this space, they're always just like, huh? Like what? So so I am <laughs> I actually did um I actually did major in political science. Um I went to a um a small liberal arts college called Hobart and William Smith in upstate New York. Like went very far away thinking I was never gonna come back to Philadelphia. <laughs> um I, I went to Hobart and I I saw a level of wealth that I never saw before. I I was going to school with like the heir to like Johnson and Johnson and things like that. Like they had money, money. So, and I'm coming from Philadelphia and I had never experienced anything like that before. So it really kind of like set the tone. Um, I traveled a lot while I was there. Um, when I graduated from Hobart, um, I studied abroad through a program uh, through Princeton called Princeton in Asia. And I taught English in Vietnam for about six months. Um, and that was definitely a, um, you know, I thought it was gonna be like that eat, pray, love moment. I think that all, all post-grads want to go, <laughs> they want to go abroad, right? Like you just, you spent all this time in school and you're like, I'm gonna go away. Like I'm gonna get my Peace Corps on. I'm going to go serve the people and I'm going to come back home and make all this money because like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Like that was the plan. Like I thought I was going to do that, come back, be a lawyer. Um, that, that was not how it happened whatsoever. I, um, I went abroad. <laughs> I went abroad and I, I hated that experience. And I did not because I like anything against, you know, I love Vietnam. Vietnam will always have a special place in my heart, but it was just the way that, you know, the program and just the time and the, the climate, it just wasn't right. So mm -hmm. I left early. Um, and as two lawyers, you probably know, it's probably not a good idea to apply for law school while you're in another country, especially a third world country. So that's what <laughs> I did. And I got into um, none of the schools that I applied to. Um, and I kind of came back home six months early and I was supposed to no no law schools, no anything. Um, and I, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Um, I, I knew Isaiah through my mom. Um, my mom was actually his mentor. And Isaiah had already run for office once before. And um, he had connected me to like other internships prior like with like members like tony payton so like i had random experiences and then kind of know him like before but i really didn't know him that well um and then when i came home it was just like this random guy working in the controller's office you know telling me that he he was gonna you know look out for me and i was like okay like i guess like my mom's telling me you're a good guy like you know maybe <laughs> this will work out so i came to his office and he's like we're not going to work here and i was like well they said i had a job at the controller's office but okay i guess not he's like you're not going to work here you're going to go to three different campaigns you're going to go volunteer there and you're just going to like show up. It's going to be a little hard, but, you know, just rock out. Um, so I went to the Northeast every day and knocked doors for, um, at the time of state rep, Jared, it was, he wasn't state rep. Yeah. He was a challenger, Jared Solomon. Um, mm -hmm. And I just knocked doors in the Northeast for like, say maybe like three months. And I substitute taught on the side. Like I was a substitute teacher going back and forth between West Philly and the Northeast, just like running around like a crazy person. Um, and like, I learned so much during that time. Right. And because, you know, I had, I had been showing up and I was working for free for this campaign at this time, you know, um, they, they really, they hired me after that. And I end up from there, you know, getting my first job in, in politics. Um, and anybody who, you know, works in this space will tell you make no, no, nothing. Right. But if you're making a check, like you have arrived. So I was making my little $500 a month stipend. I was a, I was a staffer and like, you know, I was working campaigns. I was, you know, knocking doors. I was doing fundraising and call time. Um, I got a job working at the Senate Democratic Campaign Committee. Um, and working when you work in politics, you really like work on a cycle. 
So, you know, you always have a homie who works on another campaign and they're like, oh, well, I know a girl who works on this. So, you know, one of my friends had left the firm that I worked for and, you know, that's how I ended, ended up at the SDCC. Um, and I, I was with them for about a, 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 all of 2016, right? And um, if anybody knows 2016, that was a terrible year for Democrats. Um, so it was, it was a very, exactly. I think when I, everybody, like, when I say that, they're like, oh, right. We remember what happened. So <laughs> Trump, Trump won, right? we had Trump and not only that, because it was state Senate Dems, we had lost about five of those seats. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a really, really, it was a really rough time. And, um, this, because it's a little caucus, you know, the staffers were only myself and my boss. Um, they had fired my boss immediately afterwards, and I was left running the caucus probably mm. for about a good three months by myself. And I was, I think I was like 23 at this point, had no idea what I was doing. Like Senator Hughes calls me one day and is like, Dom, we need to stick around and help us reset this thing. And I'm just like, okay, this is my second real job <laughs> in politics. Sure, sure, appropriations. You know, Lee, I'll, I'll work out and, you know, rock out with you all. And, you know, I'm happy that I did because I, I learned so much. I made a lot of connections working like directly with those senators, you know, that I still mm-hmm. have today. Um, and, you know, it was it was it was a crazy time. I, I, I am a person who craves stability. So, you know, after we kind of set that up, I was like, y'all crazy over here. I got to I got to figure something else out. <laughs> so I ended up working for um, one of my other mentors um, like soon after that. And he was hired by um, Larry Krasner's campaign. So for immediately after that, I was about Larry. Kras- I was Larry Krasner's um, finance director for about six months. Um, but not for the fun part. I think everybody remembers, you know, the Krasner campaign was like a, a big, like, triumph for him when he beat out everybody who thought he was not going to win. And, you know, he was this random liberal. It wasn't for that time. It was the time after that when everybody was like, OK, he won. What happens next? And I mean, if you don't if you're listening, you don't know Philadelphia politics that well in the local government politics, anything after May does not matter. Like we still have to run until November, but it's a Democratic city. If you get past the primary, you're pretty much, you know, you're in. So, you know, people think they don't really care anymore after that point, but you still have a campaign team. You still have to run until November. Technically, you still have a Republican candidate who is still, you know, throwing daggers at you. So you still have to raise money. So, you know, we spent a lot of time in that space trying to convince people that we still had a race. And then, you know, also when you have a progressive candidate who's saying, you know, F everybody who gives money, it's kind of hard to raise that money. So, you know, it was definitely a learning, <laughs> it was a, a learning experience. It was a it was a learning experience for sure. I always, um, Larry always has such a place in my heart because, you know, I, I had to, he, he taught me how to really be malleable in that sense. He wasn't trying to raise like the traditional way. So I think within that time period, we ra- I think I put on about like 15 house parties, like 12 fundraisers. Like, you know, we were, we were really on like grassroots and to really get us through the end of that campaign. Um, but again, running on a cycle, um, I left working for Larry and um, ended up starting a firm with uh, one of my mentors, and it was the first African-American woman consulting firm, fully fundraising firm in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and we did some amazing work. And that's how I started working for Hosea because he was one of my clients. Um, and we, and that took us to the top of 2018 where I became his campaign manager. I'm sorry, shout um, her out. Who, for the first uh, African-American woman to start, I'm sorry, say that one more time. What's her name? So her, her name is Jasmine Sessom. So Jasmine and I started JNS Strategies and we were the first African-American fundraising firm in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and so we had some amazing clients at this time. We probably worked with any any person of color who was a state rep at that time. Probably was our client. Like we had more, like a, just a, a massive, you know, roster and was raising money. And, and you know, our reach was really good at that time. And you know, I think you know, consulting in Philly um, is a very fickle space, especially when you're fundraising. If if you're if people only care about your 
business from January to, you know, May, you know, what happens the rest of the year, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that ends up, you know, happening to a lot of the firms, a lot of people who get involved in this space and, you know, it's not stable whatsoever. So, you know, that, that, that ends up like not being the best space to be in. And as somebody who creates stability again, you know, was so happy that Isaiah won and now I've been in 2020. Um, so that's, you know, kind of been my, my path. It was a, a, a random like hodgepodge. I tell people all the time, I did not plan this, you know, I thought I was going to be, like I said, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was, I was like, yes, I'm a debater. I want to go to law school. This is the path for me. And yeah, no, it just, it just did not happen that way. I mean, Don, let me, you know, I appreciate you coming on to the show and let me just say, you know, let, let's give you, we want to give you your flowers right now as a young, young black African-American woman, like shout out to you for being somebody that everybody should look out, look up to, right? Whether you, whether things you, you came out to be a lawyer, you do exactly what we do, girl. Like that's, <laughs> you may not call yourself an attorney, but the fights you fight, we in the same rooms. Sometimes like legally we have to do the talking, right? Like Isaiah may do the talking, but you know better than others, like without a team to like do all these things, Isaiah is going to go in the room and not going to be able to, like nobody's going to listen to him. So like shout out to you, the team, anybody who's watching, this young lady is a superstar. So watch out and holla at her. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. And no, I'm happy you said that about team. I think, I think I, our office is like super blessed. I have the most random hodgepodge team in the world. JJ, your mom is a part of that. And I include, <laughs> I include Mel. When I tell people like, when I, we like Mel literally turns into like a superwoman in that office. Like we just, if I put her on a problem, I know not only is she going to solve it, but those people are going to come back loving us wanting to know oh, yeah. <laughs> wanting to be there and they're going to show up afterwards and they're going to come up to me and be like, um, do you know Miss Carmela? Because I'm here for her. Like right. Carmela goes into <laughs> Carmela goes into spaces, right? She goes into spaces, and then like Isaiah will show up too, and, and like they'll be like, "Oh, well, is Carmela here?" And I'm like, "Well, he's the elected. Like, how? How is that?" They're like, "Well, we're looking for Carmela." So like, and, and like Mel is like Mel's like one. It's like amazing piece, but like that's literally how I feel about most of my team members. Like my legislative director was a former, you know, chief of staff for a congressman, like, you know, who used to like, like argue trade deals with, you know, foreign countries. And now he's like writing legislation for us. My, my policy advisor, you know, he's probably had and worked for every entity that you could ever think of from the Olympics to, you know, top federal governments. And, you know, it's just like, I don't know why these people have decided to be here, but, you know, I think that their experience is the reason why, we get to do what we do. And I'm just always blessed to have them because like our, our team is really what I think makes, you know, Isaiah, like, you know, such a, um, such a individual in this space, because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the mistakes that we see like the officials make, I look at them, I'm like, your team really like, wow, who, who missed that? I'm not even looking at you. Like you like move you out the way. Who was the chief? Who was the yep. comms director? Who wrote the ledge? You know what I mean? Who was who did the community outreach on this? Because somebody dropped the ball and it wasn't this person at the top because the person at the top, like they are the idea driver and they, they are the person who fuels it, right? Like they are the person who builds that mission that you're supposed to get behind, but they don't execute it, right? Like they're kind of like the entity in a sense. And, you know, as a chief of staff, I feel like sometimes I'm the CEO and I have to hire, you know, my team members to get the job done because our business is, you know, the member. And like, that's how you have to put it in your mind sometimes. And I feel like some people in politics really don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I always, sad. I mean, JJ and I always know, I mean, 
I talk about how it's so important to have, at least for him and I, right, just to have a good somebody as close as JJ on my team because we joke about it all the time. But you know, we're so comfortable with each other that if I say something that's stupid, it's wonderful because he can look at me and go, "That's the dumbest thing I ever heard." I don't take offense to it; it makes me better. And then vice versa, if he, you know, if he's arguing something or he has this point of view, or we're trying to figure out a case, I, at least I know I can look at him and say. I, that's that's horrible let's talk you know what i mean and there's no offense right because when you have good people around you the whole point is to just get better nobody's perfect right but you know we couldn't do half the things that we do just without our team right just right you need we have and you need somebody my bad dave you need somebody no, no, to I'm stop kidding. you from being stupid out loud right like we all <laughs> are we all like as a human being like we all say stupid things we all have ideas where we're like, man, this is really, really good. And then you get you get too far down the idea of being good that you've skipped a really big problem. Mm -hmm. And when you have other people who are watching you, who are used to you, like sometimes you just get too close to it and too happy and too ready to see it succeed and you get blinded. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have nobody watching you, you'll be outside screaming something, looking stupid. And I'd be like, ooh, yeah, who was who your team? You didn't run this by nobody? You, <laughs> right. you, you don't and have you any close have friends? anybody to talk to, right? Like, no, nobody was looking out for you. I feel, I feel so bad that you just didn't have anybody there for that. I'm sorry. Always. But no, always. like, that, that is so important. I think that's probably, like, one of the best parts of me and Isaiah's relationship because, like, I, I, I don't tell him all the time. I'm like, we're not, we're not gonna do that. We probably should not do that. I know you're excited about doing that, but we're just not gonna do that. Like, and 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 I think that he created that environment, like, because, like, I feel like not all people or all members are, you know, all elected officials have staffers, so they feel that way. Sometimes it's like mm -hmm. a, you know, like a Meryl Street moment where they come in and everybody shuts fun down and they're all yes men. <laughs> our office. It's like, no, Isaiah, that is stupid. Let's move on next. Like, you know, and we have to be able to have that yeah. rapport because that that space also is how ideas flow, right? Like that's how you Absolutely. create ideas. Like you are creating a, the environment, the climate for somebody to feel comfortable with bringing ideas to the table. Like, like that's how we got driving equality, right? Like, you know, one of my staffers felt, felt comfortable enough to, you know, bring that and have that type of dialogue and then say, well, I know there's something Isaiah cares about too. Like maybe we should look into this. And like if you if we had that kind of like shut fun down moment, you know, we would have never gotten, you know, one of the most important piece of legislation that we were able to pass in council. I, that's awesome. And I love I really love the idea of how that bill came about. I love what it's trying to like stop. I'm interested to see how it because it's always interesting that like you have the idea for a bill. You work hard to make sure that it kind of legally can do what you want it to do but how it's applied and how it is actually uh, implemented and how, are, how is it policed, all of those things which are outside of your control, right? All of those matter. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to change things in, in the long run in a couple of years. And I'm also interested to see what you guys are gonna do, you know, coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see actually having a really great executive team behind it and like hopefully like really pushing for the implementation the way that it should be. Absolutely. I mean, I know the last time we spoke to Isaiah, he said it was being held up um, by a lawsuit by, I believe the fraternal order police, somebody. So, which is not surprising to me, go figure. Cause if you, mm -hmm. <laughs> cause <laughs> you, you want to pass a law that benefits citizens and tells police like, listen, we don't, the whole purpose of you is not 
we don't need you in these scenarios. It's ridiculous. This is Philly. So, um, you know, I, I don't know where get, I was going with that, but me, it, it always makes me laugh to know that he told us it was being held up because they were being sued by the police. And go let me take it. a spin. It actually just passed. So, like, um, they actually just oh, stopped nice. the lawsuit. Yeah. So, oh, awesome. You know, awesome, it, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I think this actually is about a few weeks to go now at this point. So, yeah, no, we're it's, it's in full. It's fully in effect. They said they're going to file an appeal. So we're looking out for that. But. <laughs> Yeah, of course, right? But as of right now, you know we're good. We're good right now. <laughs> That's good to hear. I'm I'm glad that we're it's finally we got over the hurdle and they're going to appeal well. You know, if they call our law firm, I'll let them know that, you know, 99.9% of appeals uh fail. So good luck with that one. So <laughs> But I think that the other the other test of it too is, you know, we're going to have a new mayor in and I just, you know, I think I, I don't I don't believe that many of them would, you know, do anything against it because, you know, many of them actually voted for it. But, you know, it has become a topic along the campaign trail. Like they put that on mayors, you know, questionnaires for endorsements and things like that. Or they'll put that on hmm. council endorsements. Hmm. Like, will you support the driving quality legislation or will you uphold the driving quality legislation or to talk about it in debates a lot of the times. Right. And we've had at least two members come out and say, two um, candidates come out and say that they would not you know, uphold it. So, you know, I think that that's, I mean, granted, they have no chance of winning, but other than that, I think that that's a really important <laughs> aspect of this. It's just like, you know, let's see, let's see who we get and then we'll go from there. <laughs> How does that make you feel that there are people who are literally being elected to uphold the law, running on something saying that they will not uphold the law? I mean, I think that this mayor's race has just been such a hodgepodge of like, foolishness i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest like that i don't i don't i'm not surprised right and like the mm. way that the way that the cycle picks certain topics that they want to decide to like make their thing for that time period like when me and mm. isaiah were you know first running it was the soda tax when he ran the first time around it was drop and they always kind of pick these random things that they want to make their their issue. So I'm not surprised because they always pick a few of those things that they are like, I'm going to ch I'm, I'm, I'm running to change this or I'm running because I don't like. And it's just like, well, I mean, what are the ideas that you're actually bringing to the table? And I think that that's what, you know, I've really been thinking about when I'm looking at this next mayor candidate. It's like I know what these issues are that we're facing around the city. Many of the people in the city know like it is not hidden what is wrong with the city. And I like, like when when they're in these topics, it's like, well, what is your actual plan to get that done, right? Like, you can't tell me you're going to get the city better at fixing gun violence. Okay, but then, right? You can't say you're going to fix the, our economic structure, but like, what, what plan? Like, what, what taxes are you going to address? How are you bringing in more money into the city, right? How are you getting more businesses into the city? And if they're not bringing those ideas to the table, it's just like, what are you doing? Let's, let's clear the stage and let's like, have a real conversation with the real candidates. But so the so the real question is, since we need a lot more um, people our age running for office, when when are you going to announce your candidacy? <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just I'm just just kidding. I'm just it's just a joke. It's it's just a joke. But I, I mean, we would never I tell people all the time. I, I spend a lot of time trying to get ladies to run for office. And I feel like a hypocrite because I would never run for office ever. <laughs> I don't have a temperament. I don't have temperament. Yes, you, you do. Yes, no, you do. I, no, no, listen, I, David, when I I'm tell you, when you, if, if somebody can accost you in the grocery store while you're with your family and you're just supposed to be okay with that, <laughs> no, no, I'm with my child. Like, I'm, no, 
Oh, now granted, I will be in the back end for somebody all day. I will help. I will rock. I'll, I, I will never act a fool to the point where, you know, I will put my member in danger. But you're not going to accost right. me while I'm, you know, trying to be with my, you know, just trying to live my regular life. And I don't think that I don't want people to have that level of access to my life. And I think that that's the other piece that is just like, Ugh. it's like, like the other day somebody posted on Twitter, they put, they took a picture of a, of a car in a council spot. And because it had a placard on there and they're like, whose car is this? We need to know right now whose car is this? And like, granted, like that, that they're, they have the right to, right? Because these are taxpayer dollars that ideally is paying for everything in this situation, the car, the spot, right? Like the fact that this person is making a salary enough to pay for that car. So technically they have the right to ask that, but I don't want anybody to feel like they have that access to me. I cannot. Like that is just way too much. Like I'll be like, yes, this is my car. Why is my wallet? <laughs> Yo, I Fair feel enough. you though. Truly, I feel you because I'm kind of the same way with a little bit of a, a twist at, at like, I'm not sure I, as of right now, because like, I don't have a lot of attachments. I don't have no kids, don't want no kids. So like, listen, you want to talk to me? I don't really mind that part. It would definitely get annoying all day, every day that I get it. Um, I don't think that like people would want me as they're like outwardly. I'm I'm a little too blunt about things. So like, we need there's a better way to say things sometimes than my way if we i'm that person that like when all the nice stuff like i should be right behind my mother the the greatest thing about my mom is that she has the most patience in the world and when there's a debate what she will do is she will allow y'all not to be mean but to keep talking long without her in the room people would be too mean to each other and the stuff would just break down but she has this essence about her where you can't curse around her. You just want to be better. So you try a little harder and you get to a negotiation point. But at some point, those negotiations break down. And that's when you call me. No, I listen, I feel so bad every time I curse in front of your mom, but I, I curse like a sailor. And I, she, she literally is like, I'm going to have to get y'all swear jar up in here. And I feel so bad, but you're right. Like, she definitely has that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, Mel, but fuck them. Like, <laughs> I have to be <laughs> like, like, especially, I'm sorry, but I'll pay for the beef. That was aggressive. But listen, I feel like sometimes it needs to be said out in a space that we work in. Listen, but. <laughs> You, no, 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 no! You don't have to tell us. <laughs> yeah, like, you walk across the, you walk across any of our offices during business hours, and you go hear all kinds of things. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely! Uh, I'm so glad that I'm not recorded when I'm working because it would be horrible, horrible. Yeah, horrible. there's there's nothing like holding your tongue to the last minute when you like trying to be professional. And you hang that thing up and who the are you they think they was I was so close to <laughs> I don't want to go to jail would, today, oh Jesus. No, my staff probably would like they probably would like tell you that is exactly who I am because I like I'll hold my emotions when I'm on the calls, but then I'll put the phone down and I'll and I'll just start snapping it and I'll just Tom, like, it's, I'm like, sorry, y'all. I just need a minute. And then, like, this is why I can't work in a space with a lot of people, right? I can't work <laughs> with a lot of people in a space because I just, and I just start making. I'm like, what the? 
ah, and I'm just like, you know what? Never mind. Let me keep going because like you just have these moments throughout the day, especially especially when you care about your work, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're really like putting that passion into your work, it's not yeah. like oh, okay, whatever. It's like no, like I'm I'm really trying to get this shit done, <clears throat> and you aren't standing in the way. So oh, yeah. and red tape is real in the government, so it's it's just that all day. <laughs> no, absolutely. Mm-mm. All right. So Mike, throw up the um the first one the dad hit me the ref if you can all right so there you go so for those for everybody listening right this one's pretty easy if you've seen the video or you um you heard about the parent knocking out the ref it's pretty self-explanatory right but it looks like a parent at least i assume it's a parent uh it is just just walks up and clocks so hold on on, on. i got it i got it so so it's a it's a father right there's a father of one of the the players who was on the team apparently there was a bad call from the ump and no I, i don't think it was against his son i think it was just against his son's team at least that was the report that I that I had heard this morning. Um, he walks. He so his walks. kid wasn't even involved. They didn't. They didn't say his kid was involved. They just said it was the team. So I mean, but his uh, hold on. So he walks around, punches this dude. Cool. He stayed like nothing happens for a week. I think he gets arrested a week later, and he says that. So what? He was defending his son. That was his excuse. He said that to the police that he. Two weeks. Okay. So he gets arrested two weeks later and he was like, well, what was I supposed to do? I was defending my son. So he calls a bad call from a referee. And we're talking about a, like a high school or middle school game, baseball game, a bad call from a referee somehow like was hurting his son. I was literally going to ask, like, it was, it's just like, like, what age are we giving here? Cause you said somebody's parent. So this is definitely like child level. Oh my, people people get real about youth sports, okay? As somebody who spends a lot of time in the youth basketball space, like that, them beefs get real. Like, people do not play about that. So, like, something like this happening is, like, it's not acceptable, but it's definitely not surprising. Like, he probably has some money on the kids. Like, it probably probably... <laughs> <laughs> now that... Now, now that, that makes way more sense. Absolutely. Yeah, he was sticking up for his bank account. He wasn't defending right. his kid. Because his son over there in left field looking like dad. Like, what the like, I wasn't even, I'm over here. Like, right. His son is on the bench play. like, what's like, going dad, on, dad? I haven't played in two seasons. Why did you just hit the ump? <laughs> And then, and the crazy thing is, they like they had the precursor where he's a veteran, and you know, like when they want to make the story spicier, they're like, and you know, he was a veteran girl. Mm, goodness yeah. gracious! Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh my goodness, yep. that poor man. So, I yeah. guess my only question: um, Do we all agree that he should be charged with a crime? You know, keep it, <laughs> right? So, okay. Yeah, if he doesn't 100%. get charged, then like there will be anarchy. If you can just walk around <laughs> punching people. <laughs> And there's no consequences? No, nah, there's it's too no many people refs. that's doing that now. There's, there's no many volunteer refs for any of these games. They're like, you think I'm going to do this and get socks? Like, no. And they nothing happens to these people? No, we're never going to have refs for any more games. Right. Yeah. 
he go. Well, I mean, you know, he did he did assault the minority, so like it usually, you know, like the justice system usually works a little bit slower when the victim looks like us. <laughs> that I like that that's that's probably why it took so long. Oh it doesn't make any reason. sense, Jay. Well, is it is it the, is it the um, the, the victim? It it's about the victim. It's not about the the defendant. Yeah, he said the guy who threw the punch was a minority. I, I understand. I understand. Why would it take a week? They should have charged him immediately, according to your theory. No, my theory is the victim doesn't matter, right? The the reason why, right? If the victim was an important person, this would have happened right away. If he had hit a a white young woman, he would have got arrested got right away. It wouldn't have taken two weeks. Misunderstood. I agree. How's <laughs> about to say, Dave? Yeah, you, no one cared. You, yeah, right. I was about to say, Dave, how you missing this? Because you said it wrong this time. I was like, you changed your opinion for the first time ever. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. No, no, I got. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't know how anything takes longer than a couple of days, especially when there's a video. So I, whatever. But you know like, I mean? but did they say who was actually charging? Like, is the guy who got hit pressing charges, or is it just the police? Oh, good question. The, or, or or are they just pressing charges? It's a good question. So it's a good question. And here's what I'll say, just so we're always clear. I always hear this. Was it the victim pressing charges? Keep in mind that does not matter, right? Mm -hmm. The victim, it just really matters. Did somebody call the police, which I do agree with you, right? So maybe someone didn't call the police for two weeks, but let's say someone did and they showed up that day and that ref said, I don't want to press charges. Unfortunately, that doesn't matter, right? They will and should press charges right because there's a video there's a clear assault we don't need the victim to testify and i always and it's no i'm not harping on you i promised um it's just i always like to uh clear up the misconception because jj and i deal with it so often in domestic cases where the victim is always saying you know i told the police i didn't want to press charges and listen that's just unfortunately not how our legal system works especially not in pennsylvania if the police come and they press charges, you as the victim don't get to say, I don't want charges pressed, right? Like that, And it's such a misconception with what we deal with on a daily basis. I always like to make sure it's clear. If the police came, now I agree with you 100%. If maybe they didn't call the police for two weeks or they weren't notified, then yeah, absolutely. You know, that could be the reason. So I do agree. So he probably could have ate that. He's like, I'm a veteran. I eat them punches, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I agree with that. I do very, that part. I do agree. Like if, if nobody called the cops and by the, or by the time the cops got there, like there wasn't a scene and nobody was talking, then there wouldn't have been any witnesses. Correct. Yes. That could slow the process without a witness. You can't do anything. Correct. And a lot of minorities definitely don't want to, you know, like, they see testifying or they see, you know, that as snitching. Even if you are a victim, a lot of people, I think, and Dom, I'll let you speak on how you think uh, that happens. But I believe a lot of people who are in the city or from the city, even if you are the victim of the crime, they don't want to go into court and testify because they will be seen as a snitch when really they are a victim. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. I think that that's probably one of the number one reasons why we see the the, the crime spike that we see right now, because you could capture somebody, have them locked up, have the whole case against them. But if the person that is supposed to come and testify doesn't show up to court, I mean, y'all know how this goes. So, no, I, I, I completely yeah. <laughs> agree with that. And I think 
Listen, I and and even even sometimes, and it's so it's so terrible to say this, but the city of Philadelphia sometimes the police don't even show up, right? Like, oh, so yeah, like if, yeah, if, they're, if they're not if they're not having people show up to testify, like what, we don't have anything here. So no, I definitely agree with that. But I think you know, let it. I I'm telling. I don't I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I'm, I'm showing up. I will be present. Okay, I'm taking pictures there the day of after. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna find everybody, okay? I'm snitching. I'm letting them know, okay? I don't no, even care and, about the money. It's the principle. And you know, here's the funny thing, Dom. <laughs> when we when we have when JJ and I have these conversations, it's almost literally verbatim what you just said, right? Like we look at our clients and we tell them, I just want you to understand. If it was me sitting where you're sitting, I'm not thinking twice. I don't care. I am telling them because it's your life on the line and this code that everybody seems to live by is in your head, right? Like this doesn't exist. This isn't the mafia movies. This isn't the gang. Nobody's not snitching. As soon as you hear, well, you're going to get 30 years. But if you tell us who your accomplice was, who who's your friend that we can't identify, we'll give you probation. Well, here's the deal. Immediately. They're like, so anyway, JJ was in the car with me and he, do you, I have, I have his, I'll give you his cell phone number. Do you, what do you need? I have a copy of his driver's license. You just tell me what you need. (laughs) Yeah. And like, but the sad part is right. The flip side of that is if you have a client that is like, no man, no way. I don't snitch. I don't talk. They're the last, we always call it the rush to the courthouse, right? The rush to the DA's office. Because if you're the last one and you don't want to talk, guess what? You're the only one that gets to sit in jail for 30 years while all your friends are (laughs) caught holding the bag. Like there's, there's just, there's no honor among thieves. I heard a lawyer tell me that once, right? Like this code (laughs) that exists doesn't exist. It's in your head. It It is. It is. It's funny because it exists only to a few, right? Uh, It it exists to those who hold on to it, who think it like it means something to them, because unfortunately I believe that is how they find their self-worth. They don't believe they're worth anything else, but like loyalty to that, yeah, loyalty to that system, to that, whatever they want to hold on to. And unfortunately, yeah, it It just doesn't work. I'll tell you right now, like, listen, first of all, don't do no crimes with me. You're going to jail. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, like I promise, I am not the one. Noted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have not. I've, that's why mm, JJ mm. and I joke about this all the time. But I've told friends, you get in my car, you have drugs on you. I listen as soon as the cops find it, I will immediately be like, "They're his drugs. There's his name. <laughs> They're ask him. Go ahead. I'm not taking the rap for his garbage. Get out of my car." Exactly. Yeah. Like, I got I got for things to do. Garbage. Like, <laughs> oh listen, I'm not now, the see, one y'all getting arrested. Got, I was gonna say y'all. I don't. I don't know how often you go or if you've ever gone, Dom. But like, when I go to the prison and I have to visit, you know, my clients, like to go into that place is like to go in there and and hear those those clinks. It's almost like you hear depression all oh, yeah. the time. And I'm like, yo, this ain't this ain't for me. Like, I'm not. If I do mm. something, I'm not suggesting that I'm a saint. No, but listen all planned crimes i ain't doing nothing to mess up my freedom and i'm definitely not messing up my freedom on behalf of some stupid loyalty that somebody else think i owe to them never once 
never. I, I'm the most loyal friend, most loyal partner, and the most disloyal criminal you've ever met. Get caught with me. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll make a podcast. Out. I'll make a podcast the next day called Dave is Snitching, right? And it'll be me. <laughs> it'll be me telling on everybody that was involved before they come and arrest me. End like, of story. Like the NPR version. Like, and, what's the story? Like, end of story. <laughs> end of story. And at the end of it, I'll say, I'm calling the police on myself right now, and please share the video with them. Like, get out of here. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. So, keeping kind of on the same topic right and jj knows and i'm sure anybody who's listening like i love ufc with my entire heart right and that's important because the next two clips that you're about to see and i know you said you don't like fighting videos dom so i'm sorry these they're not necessarily fighting though okay and that's what i want <laughs> well it's somebody as not gruesome like i don't want i don't like seeing people like getting like repeatedly well pounded. well oh they're not they're not okay so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you the background on this video before mike puts it up because i think it's important right but what i want from you and jj right is kind of just your opinion on do you think he was charged right and then on the civil side if he sued do you think he's successful when i say he i mean the victim right and this is just for the first video the second one will have its own kind of i'll ask you guys a little bit different now, to give you a background, because this is important. So the guy that you're going to see that actually hits the person, right? His name's Joe Schilling. He, he's probably one of the best kickboxers. I mean, he's a champion kickboxer, right? He was a UFC fighter. He's like 6'2", 185 pounds of pure muscle. Um, it happened, and you'll see it in the video. So this happened in a restaurant. It's in Florida, which I really want to point out, right? Because you have to take into account self-defense okay because that's where this is going okay um and that's all we really know right i'll tell you a couple of the facts after you see the video and this is important the last thing i'll say this case actually has already been decided right so i actually know the answer which is rare because you know most cases never either go to trial blah 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 but this has been in front of a court and i know the outcome so mike if you can go ahead and cue up that video please And for those of you listening, I don't think we introduced it, but we have a producer now, and his name's Mike. So, if if you wonder if you if you wonder who I'm talking to, it's not just somebody random. <laughs> All right. Nope. Go ahead and yeah, go ahead and let this rip for everybody to see. Correct. That is the look. That is the look, Dom. Her face every time. <laughs> every All time. All right. Okay. So, did, did everybody see it, or should we play it again? Did you see it clearly, Dom? Well, I, yeah. you had to run it back. I, this, this guy in the, in the polo was in the way. Yeah, he is a little bit. <laughs> this is the same face. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay. He did that knockout joint where you know his head, like his brain, like hit the front of his skull. Like that's why Correct. he got out like that. Correct. Oh my so gosh. here's a couple facts. Ready? So okay, <laughs> a couple facts. A couple facts. Well, one. You know what? Before I give you some facts, right? Do you think he was charged with a crime? 
No. I think he was because because isn't it illegal like if they're if they're if you're a trained fighter? Oh, like I love handler, where you're going with this. Yes, keep going, keep going, keep going. Your hands are like considered weapons. So like if you like, after a certain point, if you have those those mm. levels, like if mm. you do that, it changes the level of the crime. Like now, like, now let me that, like did it no right i'll tell you it was okay it it can be a thing right it can be a right. thing if right. he were to use if he were to just come into my room right now and just beat me up right absolutely a court would say that would be taken into account right you are a trained fighter you know how to hurt people with your hands it would not be the same as if i just fought jj i'm not a trained fighter Right. If we're the same size and we're equal, that's not something that potentially would be taken into account, at least for your charges or maybe your sentencing. Right. So you're not wrong. But let me put it to you this way. I I have this question, I guess, because I love that you said that. Do you think it's fair that if he's trying to defend himself, he we hold him to a higher standard? Right. So because he's trained, is he not allowed to defend himself? See, when we say defend ourselves, (laughs) right. No, no. We have it, it, to say, I felt like my life was in danger, right? Like, oh my gosh, I thought I was about to be physically hurt. No way in the world did that man feel like his life was in danger by that, okay. by that little guy. So I'm that, sorry. I don't. I don't give. And and even the and I, I like I said, the guy in the polo really obstructed the view. Sure, sure, However, sure. What I saw was him doing a little tap. I mean, like, excuse me, like, get out of my way. And then he turned around and was like, what? And then took, and then that's when we saw the punching. But at the end of the day, I feel like his life, he never in that situation felt like his life was in danger. I'm sorry. You never Got did. You. So I'm not getting the defense side of that. Uh-uh. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> and it's okay. I know the answers, so it's okay. Um let's move to the civil side, right? Because you can, you can sue somebody, right? For assaulting you. That is an intentional tort. Uh, if he had damages, right? Had to go to the hospital, you name it, pain and suffering. It's the same as any other civil case. Um, assuming he sued, do you think he collected, right? Do you yes. think the civil suit was successful yes. in this case? Yes. No. And why do you, okay. So JJ says yes. Why do you say yes? And we'll get both of your, no, she says no. No, no, I know, but oh, I'm asking, why, okay. did, why do you say yes? Um, I say yes because it, if it if it went through, right, there's only two options. Either it's settled, which means it got money, <laughs> which means they won, and almost all of them settled. So, like, that alone is worth my – I should guess that, just being an attorney. Like, Fair enough. That's where the numbers are. No, and then okay. – then on top of that, like he's famous. If it went to a jury trial, like people are going to think stupid things like he has money. He's a fighter. Like that's when all those things, people are going to naturally think those things. Absolutely. So if they would have heard it at the end of that, they probably are going to be like, well, he's this rich guy. And here's this poor guy who he messed up and he knew better. So like Dom's all of Dom's basically like anger for what he should have known. The rightful place for it is when money is involved on the civil side, not on the criminal side. Like he should not have been criminally charged, especially if if it was some kind of self-defense, that's probably what they argued. And then here, yeah, but like the self-defense was not proportional. Fair enough. And Dom, so you say no. Why do you say no? Because I just think somebody would say, "Well, he started it." Like, I mean, like if you like, you had you had a part in this. So, granted, maybe I don't think that he felt like his life was a danger. Maybe somebody else could argue that maybe he did feel like his life was a danger because 
he did put hands on first, and I feel like that's that question your mom asked, like, well, who who hit who first, right? And I feel like All in right. the situation, the little so, guy did, you know, make the first contact. So, so wait, so wait, so wait, 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 wait. I got a question back for Dom then. So are you saying that you think it was not self-defense, so criminally he should be charged and potentially go to jail, but he, you shouldn't take away his money civilly? No, I think that I, at the end of the day, I feel like he just shouldn't have punched that man in the face like that. That's where, that's where <laughs> I'm at. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm at with it, right? All right? I felt like nobody should have touched anybody in this situation. And I feel like he overreacted. And I also feel like he probably just shouldn't have touched somebody who was six foot five. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Thank you. But my man was drinking. You saw the dance move. <laughs> I feel like we're not talking about the important part of the video. My man was dancing before the whole altercation happened. So, <laughs> so, so now it's time to drop some facts because actually Dom was Dom's actually closer than you, JJ. To be honest, right? I she almost hit it on the nose. So here's a couple things: the judge. So I'll just keep this very simple: no criminal charges, and the person is immune from suing him, right? Because the judge found that this was self-defense, right? So in Florida, if a judge finds that it's self-defense on the civil side, you are immune from suing him, okay? So, and that's already been decided. Now, the, the reason I really love what you brought up, Dom, was the exact reason that the judge ruled for him, right? Because he went in there and he said, the, the, the fighter said the following, when I turned around, he cocked, Right. And you can see it in the video. Now, I know it doesn't look that great on on, you know, on our podcast. But if you if you really watch it, the guy did. He he pulled up his like right shoulder. And at that point, he told the court, I am a trained fighter. I know what that means. I'm not going to wait for him to hit me. Right. I'm not going to get hurt just because I'm a trained fighter. That's not how self-defense works. And honestly, I agree. That's the unfortunate part. Right. Because here's what I'll say. While those two punches were devastating because he is a professional fighter, the judge also said the fact that he only hit him twice, right, and didn't continue it, didn't kick him on the ground, didn't do anything, the judge felt like it was proportional, right? Because the judge said, you're right. Unfortunately, you're right. Like, you not, and keep in mind, right, if, if he were to kill him, he'd be wrong. So I know we keep throwing around, he needs to feel like his life was in danger. Not true. But exactly, he needs, but... But that's a hold. I'm, I'm gonna actually interrupt you because you said I was wrong when it that you're sedating exactly what I said. Like he, no, no, he was no, not going to be criminally charged, which is exactly what happened, right? He I was, was talking about the civil charged. side. No, right, on the civil side, he's immune. Right. You suggested that if there was a civil suit, which the judge did not allow. No, there right, was a civil happen? suit. Yeah, there was, and it was thrown was out. Was it thrown out by the judge? Right. Correct. So it never got so the judge threw it out. It never got anywhere. So there wasn't like well, never the got civil to suit a never jury. got right. But there was a civil suit filed. It was dismissed. Well, does that mean it wasn't filed? No, but just because it's filed doesn't mean it got to the jury, right? Uh, It was thrown out. Is there a difference between filed and getting to a jury? There is, Jay. Yes. Exactly. So, again, just saying, she was more right than you are. So you just got to suck this one up. (laughs) (laughs) She said that he should have been charged and he wasn't. Yes. (laughs) 
Like, I'm, Annie I'm was trying to understand. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh my nah, God. and I listen. I so you're right, right? Uh, both. Of you <laughs> I know I'm right. <laughs> no, so we're both, we're both a little bit right. We yeah, both, we ba- both got a, a, a little bit of it right. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, in that case, and that's why I love what you said because I do kind of agree with the judge, right? Just because we hold them to a higher standard when it comes to you know, if I assault you and I'm trained, yes, you should be treated differently. Right. That is an ag assault. Your hands are like a deadly weapon. You can't just go around beating people up for no reason. But at the same time, because he is trained, he understands what it looks like when somebody's about to hit you. And that's exactly what he just said to the court. Right. All he said was, I've been through this. If he hits me in the face, then I can hit him. Right. My whole job is to defend myself. So. Right. But even but that's and I don't I would take it one step further, because the truth of the matter is once you square up at that point. Yes, that's anybody what he said. could swing first. So like yep. it, he there doesn't need to be a cock. There doesn't need to be if yep. he feels from that situation and a reasonable person would feel as though the fight has started or it's about to happen. Listen, yep. that is a reasonable doubt. He is making a reasonable assumption. So that was why initially I'm like, listen, he he has every it doesn't matter who he is. He could be a trained killer. He still doesn't like he gets to protect himself. That's fair. Yep. And I didn't want to throw the facts in there just because it the would have made that this you too drunk easy. Definitely don't matter. Like, nah, you you're, so fight, that's all you, sir. <laughs> you you just, might want to drink something different. <laughs> you, you just you just hit it on the nose. Right. So here's a couple things. Right. Well, pick and I didn't want to throw this in because if I threw these facts in, you guys would have figured it out immediately. So the cops came. The guy lied to the cops. Right. He told the cops that this guy jumped him and then stomped him on the ground. <laughs> Okay. He told the cops, he told the cops that he, he lied to the cops about his job. Right. And about what he does. Now here's the weird thing. All of his friends and family are there. He was there celebrating a promotion, but he (laughs) lied to them and said like, he's like a, I forget what he said. He was like a bartender or something. And he's, he works at a company. Right. So the cops went based off of his statement. And here's the bad part. If you just see that little video, yes, it the look on your face, Tom, is everybody's look like Jesus, that giant kickboxer dude just murdered this guy. Like what so and then the other evidence that came out, even from his family and friends, was that the whole night he was like trying to get under this guy's skin, the professional fighter who's wearing a shirt that says King of the Cage, by the way, and he's six foot two in pure muscle. So like he was instigating it all night. And then finally, when he squared up to him, the guy knocked him out, right? And after all that evidence was heard, the judge was like, yeah, you know what? No, we're not doing any of this stuff. Like, this is what you get, right? And it's self-defense. Was like, <laughs> the judge was like, sometime, sir, when you fuck around, you're going to find out. <laughs> you found out. And that is my ruling. So you found so, out, so we're throwing this out. Let's go. So now, again, Mike, if you can, cue up the last video, and it's along the same. Now, I just want to get your thoughts on this, because this is one of my favorite fighters, right? It's Nate Diaz, and if you don't know who Nate Diaz, Google him, right? He's he's one of the most famous UFC fighters. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. That's all you need to know, because nothing changes from the last guy, right? He's deadly with his hands, but now look at this video and tell me what you guys think of this. And, Mike, go ahead and cue that up when you can. So, Nate Diaz is this guy right here. Yeah, yeah, I see him. I actually like like how they actually break down this video because this is important. This is another professional fighter, by the way. 
This is in New Orleans, by the way, for everybody watching. Yeah, definitely. Camera guy. No, no, you guys will see how this ends. This is why you don't mess with a professional fighter, is all I'm saying. Are you jumping down? No. So the guy, the the cameraman does a bad job. Yes. What happened here? No. (laughs) No. Listen, it's fine. So in that, and here's, I'll just explain it because the video does suck compared to the other one. So they did, they they broke down for you. So Nate Diaz is clearly there with his friends, right? People start a fight, okay? The guy that they kept showing you that was coming at him is another professional fighter. He goes up to Nate Diaz, and before the guy can do anything, he chokes him out. Right? That he has him in like a, a guillotine chokehold, mm-hmm. and he just he and I saw another video. He chokes him till he's basically unconscious and just lets him go, right? Until he's on the ground, which they do in the UFC all the time. And like I said, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He is currently charged with assault now. Right. <laughs> so my question to you guys is even though that video sucks, right? If if what we see in it is the same, do you guys think this has the same kind of outcome? No. Correct. No, he's 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 going he's he's going to he's going to get this charge. He's going to be found guilty of this. You think? I do. And why? Because the optics don't look good. This is a this is New Orleans. It is a so you're in Louisiana, like these kinds of you know it it you're it looks like they're probably on Bourbon Street. It's kind of crowded. A massive fight like that breaks out. They're gonna charge you him with all kinds of Pennsylvania's kind of causing a catastrophe, all the kinds of stuff that they usually do on here. I'm assuming, and somebody's gonna have to pay for that. Like, they're in my opinion, the Commonwealth is not going to like the way it looks. Like mm-hmm. that looks bad, so that's probably why they charged him. Yeah, yeah. And now that they have what? What are, are they gonna say? I'm sorry, we didn't mean to arrest him. No, they're gonna try and go all the way like they always do so mm-hmm. let me ask you this better well dom do you well let me ask you what do you think do you think it's any different than the last one i mean i think it's completely different than the last one especially because he tried to get away from the fight initially right and i think you can see that on the camera and i don't i don't agree with that i think that like if you have if you see this video maybe without the breakdown and the way it was if you see that the gentleman was trying to charge him like that again is self defense, and he didn't necessarily blow any punches. He really just what, what do they they call it like destabilize? He really just destabilized him. So he technically didn't you know assault mm-hmm. this gentleman. He really just kind of like destabilized him. So I don't know. I don't think that I think that he could if he get a good enough lawyer, you know, I think he could mm-hmm. probably. I don't think that I, I think that yes, they'll probably fully charge him. I agree with that, but I think he probably could get off for sure if he has a good enough lawyer because that's completely out of pocket. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. This is not the same as the other situation at all. Yep. And correct. And let me let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that he wasn't defending himself because in, in my opinion, listen, that video is clearly whoever made its opinion of what happened. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really care about the video. I think that because he is charged, they're not just gonna withdraw it and take his side. Cause I'm sure he already told them like, look, I was just defending myself. Mm-hmm. So 
that was kind of what I was suggesting. Like, I don't think it's just going to drop. It's going to have to go. But I completely agree with you, Dom. Like this, I would kind of, to me, it would come down to when he was like running away. Was he running away? Was he running like to get to square up himself? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, so there's a lot more questions I would have before I could be like, yes, this is self-defense or no, it's not. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, it, it absolutely could be. Absolutely. Yep. And I don't really have an opinion because they're both, you guys are both right on point. I mean, he was charged. I right now at least believe it could potentially be self-defense. Now, I don't, if there's more facts that come out, like he started the fight, like there's a lot that can change my mind. Right. Because if you're the instigator. Like, what, are they, what are they running? Like, what are they running from? Like, that, 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 that's the big point. Like, how did this big yeah. fight ensue? Well, like, what, the problem, what is that? And the problem that I have is knowing Nate Diaz, he has a reputation for just being that way right like he and listen if you and that's the problem i also have with the other guy who's a professional fighter being Being the kind of guy that if you get in his face he's gonna fight you immediately right he is not Mm. somebody that backs down from anyone and the problem i have with that is oh we have a problem so anyway the real problem that i have is the fighter that kept coming after nate diaz listen if you're a professional fighter you know exactly what you're doing right he knows this guy. It, it, there's no chance on, on this earth that you are a professional fighter and don't know Nate Diaz, right? So my guess is, is you wanted to go up to him and act tough. He's the kind of guy, and again, he's not a boxer or a kickboxer like the last guy we just watched. He's trained in jiu-jitsu, which the main purpose is self-defense, right? The main right, purpose got... is to protect yourself. Right, but I, before I get to like blaming nate diaz right so if nate is charged with assault whatever he's charged with the first question that i'm asking is like okay what did naturally what did the other person do Mm -hmm. right so like to me walking up to him unless like clearly if like he was trying to fight that's the end of the like if someone's walking up to you in a in an aggressive manner that kind of before i get to oh well nate is a trained fighter and all of those things if even if he wasn't Whoever this exactly, other guy is walking right? up to, the the conversation is now over. Whoever he's walking up to can defend themselves. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how I was just going to end it, right? And, you know, that's why, again, I'm going to thank Dom for bringing that up because the one thing that I don't like is saying, you know, these guys are just different. And, and I know you weren't saying that, Dom, right? I'm not saying, like, just the fact that he's trained and all that fun stuff, yes, that can be taken into account. But that also doesn't mean that you can just go up to them and be like, I'm going to fight you. And there's nothing you could do. Like we <laughs> learned like, the crazy thing is like, they, they like attract that too. Right. Like, I know. People, exactly. People want exactly. to do that. Like, right? like remember that there was a video about a guy with Mike Tyson on a plane. I was he just going to bring like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you getting out of this? Like, you gotta be like, on a different level to just think that I'm I'm going to see Mike Tyson and I want to fight him. Like, exactly. No, I'm not. I'm going to be as nice as possible to this man because I know and I watch him knock out several individuals in one punch. So <laughs> I'm going to just reassess how I want to be very nice to him. Like, what? I, not I'm like, I'm going to fight him. Like, and that's exactly where I was going, right? Like, at some point, you need to have some accountability as, and I'll say victim in quotes. Like, there's a massive difference you know, this guy walking up to JJ on the street and going, you know what? I'm going to choke JJ out today. Cool. That's assault. That's ag assault. You're a trained fighter. But if JJ walks up to the six foot 12 professional boxer and says, you can't box, you suck. And then squares up and gets knocked out. Some of that is JJ's fault. 
Like no, all, of, all of that is JJ's fault, but don't put me in dumb <laughs> stuff because like I don't, I, I'm not. Look, my mom ain't raised no fool, all right. Like anybody who know me knows that I do have a smart mouth, but I know exactly when to shut up. I, I believe right? that like there's a point, right? There's there's always a point, and it usually goes there's something like this: Yo, say something else to me, and I'm gonna punch you in your face. Right at that point, that's when I shut up. How <laughs> about like, oh, you're not playing no more? Got it. <laughs> It's crazy. It's like walking up to JJ's uncle, you know, professional football player and being like, come on, man, I can take you. Well, guess what? When you can't, you can't sue him. You're the one you started it with the dude that control you across the room. What do you think was going to happen? Like, you know, so. Well, speaking of being thrown across the room, uh, let's jump into (laughs) what's everybody doing this weekend. Exactly. And we always let our guests go first. Um, What is the chief of staff for Isaiah Thomas doing on this weekend? Lord have his mercy. That made it sound like I was supposed to be either I'm supposed to be doing a lot of work or supposed no. to be doing something really awesome. No. Um, and it's neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna um because we're like I said like we're only a week we're about a week out so we're all all hands on deck so I'm definitely gonna be in the campaign office this weekend supporting my team a little bit. Um, I am also very close to my mom as well, just like JJ and Carmela. So we're going to do our breakfast that we do every Sunday morning. Um, and then I'll probably get my hair done, but nothing, nothing fun. No, nothing fun right now. I kind of like blocking. I have like, I think I'm without really doing it on purpose, blocking levels of fun out until we get past this election. And then I'm like, all right, I'm back to real life again. So <laughs> nothing fun until post May 16th, unfortunately. No. Well, you're going to be sad, sad when you hear my weekend. It's always the same. I, um, (laughs) as soon as we're done with this podcast, because it's already late on a Friday for me, I'm going to shut my phone off because I don't want to be contacted even out of fun, right? Even from JJ talking about fun things. Um, tomorrow I'm definitely going to do nothing, right? I might go, I might go down to the farmer's market in Phoenixville. Um, but that's the extent of it. Sunday, Again, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to play some video games. Always video games, right? So I got to throw that in because I love what you guys were doing with the video. Like, I want to be involved in that next time. Lots of video games. And then I'm going to wake up Monday, refresh, and be in court. So I always leave it to JJ to go last because he's the fun one here, not me. <laughs> I mean, I don't I'm just, I'm, it's not like I'm fun. I'm just single. So I have to do things like you, like I have to go outside to see people. You don't have to go anywhere to see anybody. So Wait, like, that's what you have to do when you're single. You have to go outside. Oh goodness. I got <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang, I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. Yes, girl. Go you have to go outside. outside. <laughs> yes. Got it. That is there a requirement. <laughs> it's definitely a requirement. Yes. Like uh tonight, I don't know. I'm gonna go to the to the bar. Shout out to oh, Happy Cinco to Mile, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna go somewhere else, but nah, sticking in, in the backyard, just low key. Tomorrow I'm gonna go to uh probably one of the clubs. If you know, you know. If you don't, mm-hmm. you better ask somebody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and on Sunday, I don't know. I'm gonna probably just you know relax and chill because. There's going to be time to make some more money. People going to have some more problems on Monday. So I don't have court on Monday, but we do have some stuff to do. So that's my weekend. All right. Well, I do. Well, actually, before we close it up, I do want to say this, right? We had Ryan Hyde on last week for all of you that saw that episode, right? He's the Republican candidate for uh, the district attorney's office in Chester County. So I want to take this opportunity to reach out to all candidates on ev- on every side, right? So Republican, Democrat, Independent, Third Party, I don't care, we don't care. 
um, please reach out to us. I've been reaching out to campaigns um, in the last week because we want to have any candidates on, right? This is a platform for you to come on, tell us what you're all about, why you're running, why Chester County should care, right? Why the voters should care. And for us to ask you questions based on what you say. So, you know, please reach out. You have all of our contact info in the description. We do want to get you on. We know you're busy because the primary is coming up, but we have a long time until November. So now's the opportunity. Uh, if you want to be on and you want to tell the voters why they should vote for you, we're giving you that chance. Y'all trying to, y'all getting real spicy out here. I see. I can't. <laughs> 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 he said, anybody, third party, we don't care. Look, no, gracious. no, cause you don't you, shake that tree too hard. You don't get a couple of crazy. <laughs> Come in, listen, all we do is all I want to make sure that everyone understands. We just embrace ideas. Just like you were talking about, right? We love the discussion. I don't, we don't necessarily care if your ideas are completely contrary to what we believe because we should still talk about it. Because what if we're wrong, right? What if you're wrong? What if we come to a middle ground? That to me is what politics is really about. I'm running for council. I don't really throw it out there all the time, right? But listen, I want people to know who I am. I'm not hiding anything. I don't think anybody should. We're all about the truth on this podcast. And we can be wrong, right? And we can debate and we could do this in a way where we don't hate each other. I don't care what your views are. I can't make it any more clear. So I'm throwing that out there now for anybody watching. Please give us an opportunity, right? Ryan's podcast was great. Let's go. And I will say, as my girl Wanda said from, uh, uh, what was that Marvel movie? I can't remember. Uh, Doctor Strange. Like that was him saying it. That was him being merciful. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> here's what I heard. Here, say what the, you need here's to the say. Straight, we'll the straightforward way. Guys, we ain't here for the foolishness, okay? We ain't got no time for it. We're here to make some money. We're here to tell the truth. If you want to come on here, come on here. If you don't want to come on here, don't come on here. But if we talk about you, it's because... That's what we know. If we say something wrong, it's the simultaneous shrug for me. <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. Like if you have a problem with six ten six four three four six four four, all right. Like holla at your boy. We know what to do. We all grown ups. Holla at us. Stay safe, Dom. We love you. Thank you for coming. Thank out. you so we much. Have Dom. you back? Appreciate it. You can come yes, on anytime. You can yes. certainly come on to promote your podcast because that's what it's all about. But the only rule is. If we don't get an invite to your podcast, then we're going to talk about you on ours, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I'm going to have to have you guys on. No, it's going to be guest driven. No, it's yeah. going to be guest driven. So definitely going to have you guys on. And I really appreciate the conversation. Like, it was super, super fun. Thank y'all so much for the platform. And I look forward to coming back again for sure. No, nah, thank you. Thank you for taking. I mean, I know it's Friday night. So, I mean, we really appreciate you, especially after working all day and all week, which I'm sure in your position is only hectic right now this time of year. So we greatly appreciate it. Uh, and that's it. You guys know the rules. Like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends. Have a good weekend. That's right. Dom, on the 17th, I'm taking you outside. You got to go outside to see people. <laughs> all right. Take care, guys. We keep on fighting.
Robin with a love.